I'm sorry, my friends. I didn't want to stop you when you were having such a fine time. But this is an emergency. Your house is all on fire. My name is Mothia, Mothia Rahman. Um, so I'm a member of the um, Cornwall Extinction Rebellion Group and also part of the um, National Stewardship and Strategy Teams. Um, I'm also um, a lawyer and I've been working on community charters and set up a legal innovation lab called New Economy Law. I didn't want to trouble you When you were having such a hard time but this is an emergency The waters are all climbing Ethical living Ecology Eco-activism Resurgence it as a movement that's sourced in people's frustration at that governments are just not up to the task of meeting the needs and the urgent needs of the times to make sure that our future or the our children's future can 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 survive and adapt to the future that's coming to us we're in a huge you know reading reports all the time about the ecological destruction is happening and the changes, the deep shifts that are happening in the Arctic ice and Antarctica and just not enough is happening and so that's where the, for me the movement is sourced and that we've got to make that change happen if the governments are not doing it and we've got to mobilise as ourselves, as civil society together to make that change happen. Do you think it's fair to call Extinction Rebellion a climate movement? It is both a climate movement and it is more than a climate movement. It's a movement that sees the causes of climate collapse as equally as important as the fact of climate collapse. And those causes of climate collapse are to do with how power is managed in our societies and it's trying to break down and shift um, the uh, um, those structures of power, the political classes that, and or you could call them the oligarchical authorities um, that have become those powers that their short-term interests are just because of those interests that it's unable to meet out the long-term needs of society. Yeah so Extinction Rebellion emerged in November and it really has gathered force over the last few months. It's now February and there are over 100, 120 is it roughly groups more now, around 200 groups. 200 groups, globally? Yeah. Uh, globally, around, yeah, around more than 200 and in 25 countries. Yeah, so that's yeah. incredible. And it's really sparked people's imaginations and people seem to be willing to actually get arrested for this cause. The, it's culminating, or at least one short-term culmination of, the, of this movement is in April with the International Rebellion Week. What are you expecting to see during this week? What are you hoping to see? 
Well, I'm, yeah, I think what we're hoping to see is is uh, people coming out mobilised by the November movement by seeing the the qualities of what this movement is about. It's about ordinary people coming together and also celebrating what is rich in ourselves. So there's a whole strong regenerative culture there about celebrating that we can come together in these ways. And we want to see people, we want what emerges on those streets in, t- in the protest to be a celebration as well. There'll be music, there'll be stories being told, there'll be um, people be able to exchange ideas. And so there's that celebratory quality to the protest and the rebellion against those power structures. Can you tell me why you think this movement has attracted a, a huge diversity of people? I think it's just, it's... I was talking about trying to. I was talking about somebody in the, in the strategy group about them, you know, using trying different me- metaphors for what the movement is. And the one um, that I used was, this was a seed that was thrown onto soil that's already fertile. Mm-hmm. The soil is there's so much going on at the moment and so much anger, so much frustration. The political system is showing itself, um, uh, looking at issues that have created division already in the society that weren't there two or three years ago. Um, you had the the, the the scandal around you know the politicians not standing up to the values that they talk about through the mm. uh, expenses scandal and the banks. Um, so all this frustration, pent up frustration, and then having the IPCC report saying we've got twelve years from now to act to not even go beyond the, the Paris um, targets, which nobody's even meeting anyway. And so that urgency, and we just mm. that by by throwing that seed there of having that action in November. And the lead up to it, and and people telling, you know, going out into communities. I think that was one of the key things because the rebellion happened in November. But before that, I mean, I heard about it through um, through Frack Free Totnes, the uh, group that I'm in, and somebody I trust um, said, you know, there's this movement happening, and he feels there's a lot of energy and the right energy behind it, and he's putting his, a lot of his time into going out to communities to to build up um, support in the communities, and so. I think that's a key element of the, how it just went. People in their local areas were were spreading the word. Can you explain a bit about the three demands? Yeah, those demands are um, trying to be very crystal clear and, and quite simple, I guess, as well. So the, one of the key um, one of the key things that um, is being obscured by the government is, is the actual truth about what is happening. That so that a lot of the media is paying much or have been paying much more attention to um uh to small scale to things that you know just uh, around entertainment and so on so the the actual scale of the disasters that are coming just didn't seem to be communicated and the government wasn't taking its position of responsibility to get that message out and so it was about that in the science is there and this science needs to be communicated you can't just leave it mm. to um that the government has a responsibility to get that message out so it's to tell the truth about mm-hmm. the scale of the disaster and the scale of what is needed to move into an emergency footing so the second one is about trying you know the, that that needs to be a, a fixed policy um we've put 2025 could be um um the ipcc talks about 2030 um being the time by which we need to cut carbon emissions by half and in this but um, demand we're talking about moving to a net zero carbon society by 2025 mm. and then we're specifically not wanting to be seen as a top-down uh, imposition of that this is what's needed we're saying that the, the uh, a new democratic way of coming to decisions through a, peop- a citizens assembly 
um, should be the way by which specific policies are drawn up. Just to quickly say about Citizens' Assembly, because I think it's one of those, it, for me, it's one of the most exciting elements of or it is coming from my background as a lawyer and planning and governance. And it's um, putting forward um, the, the a way of, of, of citizens coming together um, in a representative way. So it's rather than having politicians who become the brokers of power, it's saying um, getting a representative uh, group of the demographics of, of the UK. So, you know, the proportions of women and men and a random selection, so it can't be just people being um, using their power for their own needs. So it's um, that random selection is what gives the authority to that group to make decisions, and it's you know, and to make deliberative decisions. Use the experts to give the information that they need, but to then deliberate um, on that information and come to um, decisions themselves. Um, and it's been a system that's used in Ireland as well to to get you know around these really difficult questions. So that one was around. Uh, whether abortion should be lifted or not, and that citizen assembly gave a mandate that enabled the whole population to 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 be with. The goal of the the first goal relating to the demand to tell the truth, and there were some very targeted protests, um, specifically against the BBC. Um, mm. Do you think that they worked? Do you think that they you are now closer to achieving your goal in that part because of those protests? It's targeting those institutions or those those ways in which there's a kind of complicity or unconscious way by which of bias and it's bringing media attention to those facts like people need to know that there isn't the as much being you know said around more could be said by the bbc around um the the climate collapse um, Mm. that is happening and i think it works in bringing attention to those to these places the that where um, structurally, their their impasses or their obstructions to this message getting out to a wider audience. Mm-hmm. So I think from that, yeah, they're, and, and they're 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 also engaging people politically to really think about these issues. It's not just saying go down and do, you know. Sure. It's so for me as well. It's just it's opened up that channel because then you you start thinking, oh, what you know, does this is the BBC like this or or. It, is Greenpeace not doing enough you know so yeah. it starts opening up questions that are, I think necessary to be asked uh, and um, more in society yeah because it's difficult to quantify raising awareness like mm. awareness that's raised how do you sort of sustain motivation because somebody might um, who's involved in Extinction Rebellion work really hard to protest outside the BBC offices for example the BBC might not necessarily change their coverage and people might feel that they haven't achieved anything how do you kind of keep people going hmm so yeah i mean one of the deeper principles of um extinction rebellion which is is it are its values and principles which talks about um the emergent qualities that we need to be adaptive not to have these ways of thinking we need to have you know we have these strategic goals and they've got to be met um, mm. straight away. That, that that These are all... Um, it's about that regenerative culture as well, mm. that, so that we see both the broader picture. So everyone's involved in developing and this broader picture in their groups and it's you know, creating this structure of belonging. Um, and so from that perspective, 
um, people are doing these movements, I think, and they, they're generating um, that quality of belonging that gives them that energy to sustain themselves because the goal isn't there. The goal is is the 15th of April, and these are mm-hmm. small small acts to build up to that. So, so they're, they're about seeding the ideas, and, uh, and in that level, it's, it's achieving, you know, if we're getting more people to the movement or... Um, it's being talked about in different circles that weren't being talked about before, then that's achieving part of the goal. Okay, yeah. And do you have a vision for after the International Rebellion Week? <laughs> um, well, I mean, there's a, there's a, there is a vision being created right now, so I mean, it should be released soon, a strategy that is being developed through so much input from all these different groups and uh, from the strategy groups and the working parties and, and from all the uh, the communities in which there are local groups. Um, personally, for me, and this is just um, where I feel really excited about the movement, is the fact that there are so many um, uh, small the, the local groups where Extinction Rebellion is happening and it's surfacing a quality of belonging and acting that... Um, well, that you know, it, it's new, I think, and it's it's just exciting to see people coming together in those ways to try to achieve change on their own terms, um, which I'm seeing in Cornwall, and I'm hearing about it happening in you know in Bristol and in in this in in Scotland. Mm. So it's that's what it's like this this surfacing of of people towards shared aims, shared a shared story, and a shared way of working, um, putting into place what they need, and that. I, I'm excited to see that developing. In the mainstream media, a lot of the criticism Extinction Rebellion receives is because of the non-violent direct action tactics. Would you say these are the only tactics which are going to achieve the amount of, you know, the projection of your message which you need via the media? Um, yeah, whatever the, I suppose whatever the criticism, it did actually work in terms of getting the message out and built... The, the evidence is there that it has got out and that it has actually achieved its aims of, you know, having over 200 groups in England and in 30 countries spreading around. So And they're also bringing up their own network. So, yeah, in terms of um, criticism, I think I'd base it upon what the evidence shows and what the strategy is in terms of, you know, the research that's been done around non-violent direct action, actually, uh, and what makes them, what has empirically what has demonstrated in terms of make, what makes them work, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So that so I'd say, yeah, work work on uh, on 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 the evidence um, rather than yeah what people think might be good or bad because I think yeah the, the, there's an urgency of need, needing to to create change quickly and yeah. that it's getting yeah it's using new ta- yeah new tactics to do that. Although there were protests against the BBC local groups to get advised not to target individuals, um, like banks, for example, which is also, some people have said, is not so good because these big banks which um, invest in fracking, for example, should be pulled up. What's your position on Mm. that? I think it's just, yeah, I mean, it's just keeping energy and resources aimed towards the interventions that are needed, so the April the 15th being the, Mm. the big day, and to as you're saying, not people to get distracted and lose energy beforehand. And um, single, there are, yeah, there are so many different single issues out there around banks or fracking and so on. And if energy gets dissipated around those, then it will lose that momentum to be able to make 
you know the, the main objectives and um that that's yeah and i think if people understand that as the theory then it, it you, you know you by reason you come to this conclusion that okay that you know bbc is part of the 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 obstruction of getting that message out in terms of the first mm-hmm. aim and it's building up um the knowledge or, or the 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 momentum around april the 15th and that's where and that's where the kind of strategy has been building you were talking about um challenging the the system which has resulted in this climate crisis uh, and how that is fundamental to the rebellion which is extinction rebellion and you talk about a need for vulnerable honesty when it comes to talking about well our kind of our whole identity mm. Um, can you just explain what you mean by vulnerable honesty? There's a TED talk um, talks about vulnerability. Brené Brown. All right. So there's a TED talk by Brené Brown that really moved me, and she's a um, a psychologist, and she was doing some research around what makes people's actions, uh, you know, what makes them um, feel motivated or, or um, and wholehearted in their and she wanted straight answers and what she came to was that it's the quality of vulnerability that she calls of this openness to to um bringing one's full self into into the question or into the into the into the matter at hand and being yeah it's that um really feeling into oneself and, and opening to what that one's fears are like not rather than not talking about the fears but to talk about the fears and it's the fear it's the fears that of being rejected or that stops us from being vulnerable with each other but it's but it's the quality of vulnerability that creates the connection so you end this this catch between two situation that she talks about where um, we wanted to have connection but we're afraid um the fear or the sensation of fear can lead one to not um talking about the actual thing that's underlying at the emotional quality um and so we don't make that connection so that's what she was talking about about the power of vulnerability and so i spoke when i'm talking about vulnerable honesty mm. it is that there's just it feels there's a lot of talk and, and very um like it's this policy or it's that or it's you know it, but there's no inward quality of going what have we you know being honest about one's um you no know, there's lots of talk about the greatness of british identity but then there isn't the talk of like what was the shadow elements of that and there are all these stories that i feel are there that i'm like only discovering myself in being um second generation british bengali that um and it's it's for me it's a, it's if those stories were had an open space to be talked about i feel there'd be more connection rather than less connection so um yeah, I just there's a feeling of when I talk so vulnerable honesty is 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 the opposite of what say Blair was doing, which was mm-hmm. like trying to find what will manipulate rather than saying what will speak the the truth of how how I see the situation or how I feel. The planet itself is having such a massive way of reducing our stripping away these identities as well that we find ourselves as each of us whether we're rich or poor or from asia or england or europe have children and those we care equally about those the, the lives of those children growing up and so our humanness is coming to the forefront our, mm-hmm. our and that and trying to get a yeah to find that rawness where we can see ourselves as we as fully as we are and 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 to 
and to embrace that rather than to shut ourselves off into these identities that we can then use to uh, control the situation and so on. I'm sorry, my children. I didn't want to frighten you. And this is no ghost story. There's a poem I wrote, actually. But All I right. If I, would you like to hear it? Yes, do, so, yeah, please. Because it's about this broken... It's called Unbeing Me. So it's like from the state of thinking like me, I'm this, or the world is this, to actually how it's things, identities are breaking down. And join the rebellion. My mother told me I was a good Muslim boy. That was a lie from her. My teachers made me believe I had no colour. That was a lie from them. So I saw no colour, painting myself out of existence. That was a lie from me. Who then am I? I'm not a terrorist. I'm not Muslim. I'm neither Christian, Hindu, nor you. I am just me. Britain is breaking, creaking under the weight of lie on lie untold generation after generation. I'm neither English nor Welsh, Scottish nor Irish. So do it then. Tear me apart, throw me to the hounds until chewed and digested. I can become something I never was. Wow, that was wonderful. Thank you. That was very <laughs> moving. Um, and really hits home your point, which, of course, connects to your point about collective action. I think people have this urge to belong and want have a longing to belong. And um, there's been... You know, manipulation by media as to what will give that sense of belonging. So it's, you know, buy this and it will give you this thing of belonging. And it, people buy it and it gives you a short term sense of something, but it doesn't feed that deeper need for belonging. And I think Extinction Rebellion, because of the values from which it's coming from and speaking about the need for change, um, and because it's based upon in place in communities, it's people are seeing that they can make change in their local um, areas or they can make change that in terms of the media telling the story that there's been lo lots of local uh, emergency declarations through councils through um, people in their communities going and speaking to them so they're seeing that um, these structures of power aren't that, that we are part of it as well mm -hmm. and so we've got to change okay. ourselves as yeah. much as you know we're creating those structures and you know it's not just us and them it's we are all part of this creation that we've created mm. and we have to change both ourselves in order and then come together to create changes at the next levels of systemic of systems mm -hmm. and i think yeah and, and and by giving practical um you know um, aims like coming together in celebration uh, coming together in november on specific dates and then april the 15th mm. it builds that momentum and because it has also the theory as well behind it so it's not just so that gives an empirical basis by which people can join. So it's yeah, building that broad base of, of people who can join in from lots of different elements or different worldviews. To find out more about Extinction Rebellion, visit rebellion.earth. The song Emergency is composed and performed by singer-songwriter Blythe Pepino. I've been Marianne Brown. Thanks for listening to Resurgence Voices. Mm -hmm.